Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. show and we're going to talk about the top nine things you need to know about lessons Um, mostly it's going to be individual lessons but I will comment about uh, group lessons as well and um, but again it's going to be mostly individual lessons I've been doing lessons for probably 20-ish years uh, as a coach back in the um, uh, late 90s early 2000 I did lessons at that time kind of in the summer uh, here and there, not very many, um, not very much, but uh, did do them. <clears throat> and then uh, after I got out of coaching um, in 2004, I went to a, an academy and worked at academy um, at um, uh, here in Louisville area and did lessons there. And then I branched out, did my lessons um, uh, as my own business. For a couple of years, uh, things changed. Uh, that was about the time 2007, 2008, when the uh, economy went kind of bad. And of course, individual lessons and lesson business is going to get hit there. And then I took another coaching job for a year uh, back in 2007 and uh, eight, and kind of got out of the uh, lesson business at that point, then come back and then um, just was ready to start something new, went back into, went into the corporate world uh, where I worked there for about six years, I guess, and then got back into lessons a couple of years ago. So my perspective is, of course, been doing this uh, for, for a very long time and uh, noticing th- some things that have changed uh, from the point where before nobody took lessons. Uh, it was pretty much from the coaches giving you work at, uh, um, at practice, you're doing things on your own, that type of thing, to the point where, um, again, I was doing lessons um, part-time, then doing them full-time, and then taking a break and coming back. So just some things I've been noticing and some uh, the top nine things I think you need to know about lessons. I don't have any particular order of these. I think they are all, of course, important. Um, to make this list. And I'm sure there's probably more than nine things. A couple of, uh, one of my list is, uh, combines a few things. So without uh, going too much deeper, we're going to go ahead and get started. Before we get started, just make sure you know that if you are listening live, you can call in at 646-564-9536. If you call in live, give me a minute or two. I've got a couple of screens I'm looking at. And I'll get to you as quickly as possible. Pretty much 
once I get into um, uh, an opening in the conversation, especially if there's other callers calling in. If you want to, if you don't feel comfortable calling, if you want to chat, there is a chat button down below on the Blog Talk Radio page. If you're listening to that live again, you can uh, go down there, click on that and chat, and I'll be watching that chat screen as well. So you can make comments and ask questions um, about lessons, about anything uh, softball related. Uh, feel free to um, send messages there. So as I said, no special order, and we're going to go ahead and get started here. Uh, top uh, nine things. Number one, lessons are not cheap. They're not inexpensive. They do cost. And um, uh, probably, I guess, you know, depends on how you look at it. Um, is it worth it? So I think a lesson in the Louisville area, softball lesson, pitching and hitting is probably going to be somewhere between 40 and 50, maybe a little bit more uh, per hour. I think 25 to 30 might be what it costs per half hour. So um, that isn't that much, obviously, at that point. But as we'll talk about later, when you start taking them every week, of course, that can add up quite a bit. So I think, <clears throat> um, of course, it's, uh, I, I am currently in the lessons business with Lessons with Holly. And um, I, I don't want to necessarily, of course, discourage you from taking lessons. But um, if, if you're not that super serious about the sport, Probably it is too much money to take um, uh, regular lessons, as we'll talk about regular lessons here in a little, little bit. But <clears throat> they're not inexpensive. I think uh, as we will talk, um, the, um, they are worth it. Uh, if you are serious, they're worth the, the cost. And if you want to uh, progress and get into college and, and, and that, um, that type of thing, again, we'll talk about the importance of the lessons here a little bit later. Can you get discounts? Uh, yes, you can go uh, um, a lot of different ways. You know, um, a lot of instructors will charge, um, give maybe some packages. You can go like a group of four packages, group of uh, six or eight or something like that. Uh, you can go the group lesson route. Personally, I don't have that on my list. I'm not talking too much about group lessons. I'm not a big fan of group lessons. I'll do them, and I have done them. Uh, usually, you can do something like $20 an hour. Uh, the negative thing is, you, of course, in a group lesson, you've got three or four girls at that hour, and you're splitting time, and um, it, it, you don't get as much hands-on, one-on-one, direct instruction, and some girls are going to be a little bit more, a little bit more self-conscious about it, possibly uh, being uh, told what she's doing wrong, uh, that type of thing, in front of her friends or in front of other people. So, but it is cheaper to go to the group lesson, um, but uh, like the packages, that type of thing is a little bit, a little bit cheaper. I wouldn't, in my opinion, I wouldn't necessarily, unless your daughter is under, let's say, twelve. I wouldn't necessarily uh, recommend someone that's really inexpensive because they probably are just starting and uh, are inexperienced at it and um, that type of thing. They probably need to get some more experience, get some more uh, credentials, that type of thing. 
uh, work with the girls, 9, 10, 11, and that range, and develop uh, uh, develop her clientele that way. So um, if if they are real super cheap, you know, let's say 30-ish uh, for the hour normally, then they're probably just getting started. But uh, it's, it is probably better than uh, better than nothing. Uh, on that topic, actually, um, I've got one other thing I want to make a note here is, uh, but I'm going to skip around. I, it is not on my list, but um, I do want to talk about something you do need to know about lessons. So here's here's one of the things that I think is actually should be on my top nine list, but um, I don't have it on here, but it just popped in my head. So one of the problems in giving lessons as an instructor is uh, we all as instructors, we all as as when we teach something, whether it's hitting or pitching or fielding or whatever, we teach what we believe to be the way to do certain things. Now, there is basically two approaches that a, an instructor can have, a coach can have. You can have, there are some coaches that have like a cookie cutter approach. Everybody's going to do one thing. That makes it really easy for the instructor. It makes it very uh, consistent. You say, this is how you're going to hold the hands. This is where you're going to get in your stance. Everybody has to get in the same way and uh, approach it that way. It makes it simple, clean, no confusion, consistent, that type of thing. The other way is to work with individual hitters or fielders or position players based on their strengths and and weaknesses. I prefer that method. It's, it's a little bit more uh, complicated. You have to know a lot about a lot of things. And, uh, of course, when you've been coaching a long time, like I have, it helps. And um, that those type of things will work. Now, the problem is that if you have – mostly if you have the cookie-cutter method, you're going to believe certain things are required. And uh, there's a book written on hitting years ago called this uh, – I think it was the um, 10 – essentials to hitting or something. And it was a guy named Charlie Lau on hitting uh, was with the Kansas city Royals at the time. And he talked about um, what he thought was absolutely required to be a good hitter. And he studied all the old hitters from, I guess, Babe Ruth all the way up into the seventies to uh, like Pete Rose and, and the great hitters. And he studied those, uh, those hitters. Each level and each area has specifically required. So first of all, I think we could probably say absolutely is required. And to be a good hitter, for example, is good eyes, seeing the ball well, vision, those type of things. We can't necessarily teach vision, but we can teach how to see the ball better and and that kind of stuff. I don't think anybody, any instructors would say, well, it doesn't care. I don't care how well you see the ball. Uh, that's really important. How you hold the hands, for example, how you grip the hands, how you, what you do with your knuckles and all that kind of stuff we're not going to get into today. But there's probably two or three different ways that people teach that. Uh, one of them is they don't teach it. They just kind of let you go. Depends on the age and what, what, you're, going, what you're doing. Uh, some hitter, uh, some instructors like myself teach it. I do think the grip matters on what type of hitter you are, a speed type of hitter, a slap hitter versus a power hitter. Um, and uh, But some people have cookie cutter methods. My point is there's a lot of different ways out there. There's some that are absolutely required, some things that are not required. Um, and that's going to vary if you get 10 instructors 
what they think is required and, and is not required. Again, my point is the high school coach that you are playing for as an athlete, as a coach, uh, or excuse me, the, the high school coach or the program you're playing for, the hitting coach or the high school coach, or even the college coach or the middle school coach, they may be teaching something to you that differs from what the instructor is teaching. Um, so if they are, tell my my athletes all the time, is that if if it's a battle between what I'm teaching and what you're hearing for your team, I'd say you listen to your coach. You you don't necessarily you it's the battle goes to that direction. Now the problem is I do think there are some essentials, let's say seven, eight essentials, things that must happen. And I do think there's some things out there being taught that makes it more difficult to be the best hitter you can be. Are they going to destroy you? Probably not, but it does make it more difficult. In that situation, I I will if if the uh, athlete is being taught something different than what I'm teaching, I want my athlete, we'll talk about later, let me know, but they have to make that kind of decision. And that is the hardest part. Is And I and it's harder for the athlete because she's hearing two or three or four, could be getting from parents, could be getting from the lessons instructor, could be from the coach and everything. And I've been there where I get all kinds of different instructions, different uh, important things to do with my hitting from different people that I and that I want to please, that I want to listen to, that I, I trust and, and uh, respect. So um, that's that's a difficult thing. As I said, I'm kind of jumping around, but you need to know how to handle that. And some parents will tell their daughter, "You're listening to Holly," uh, and obviously they're paying a lot of money to come to me, and. Um, um, then it gets to be that kind of a point. I do know that a lot of coaches nowadays are um, pretty much, if they know that the daughter is taking lessons, then they kind of go hands off a little bit on what they're trying to get them to do. So if that's a problem, talk to your instructor, talk to your um, parents and everything like that, and try to work that out. But it is a little bit of a difficult thing. Okay, so number one, well, again, we talked about was lessons are not cheap. Number two, Lessons are not practice, and I, you know, practice to me is requires two, at least two things. One is repetition, and the second thing is a intelligent repetition. Uh, so you want to intelligent rep- uh, repetition is a combination of things. One is that you are focusing on your weakness, trying to develop your weakness, trying to push that weakness into no longer a weakness and maybe even possibly a strength, uh, but at least eliminating your weaknesses. So you focus on, you don't just practice isn't just going out and hitting, just throwing, just pitching, just fielding. It is working on things that you need to be developing to improve, working on your weaknesses, eliminating your weaknesses, maintaining and developing and continuing to make your strengths, um, your strengths. So, uh, for example, in hitting, if you have a long swing, your your practice is repeating a short swing through drills and practices and that type of thing. Lessons don't do that a lot now. Uh, if in in a um, 
perfect world in a sense, I would, in a lesson, if I have a girl that, and that happens a lot, I've got a girl that has a long swing, that seems to be the common theme, at least lately, is a lot of long swings, working on a long swing. And I could probably do drills for uh, 45 to 50 minutes on that long swing. And I may do one or two drills, which work really, really well, but they would have to repeat it hundreds of times as a practice. And that is uh, gets to be a little bit boring for a lesson. And you're paying me money just to do a drill necessarily is not what I think a lesson is for. A lesson primarily is to teach, is to educate, is, is for the athlete to learn uh, what is going on, to understand what is hitting. I think terminology, I had a graduate uh, teacher one time uh, believed really strong, if you are in a graduate level course, or, uh, or if you're an athlete or whatever, you should know, for example, if you are really um, um, serious about being a good hitter, you should know phrases like staying through the ball, uh, hitting the inside of the ball, backspin, topspin, rolling over, um, uh, squashing the bug, whether I don't teach that necessarily. I don't like squashing the bug thing for unless you're like under 10. That's okay thing. But over 10, you don't squash the bug, and that's another thing. But phrases, whether they are teachable or whatever, um, you should know what they are and be educated. So that's partly what happens in lessons. That's not the most important thing. The other thing is the, the learning part that happens between instructor and athlete is here is what's going on in your swing. Here is what we have to do to fix that. And here are some drills and some ways to do that. It is not and there's going to be a lot of talking and there's going to be a lot of conversation, a lot of showing and everything. But there's not going to be a lot of practice. Although, uh, with that said, repetition and practice, uh, smart repetition, intelligent repetition is is what I think practice is. Not Again, not just out there just throwing and hitting. There is going to be some. And in a course of a typical lesson, unless there's just a lot of uh, specific conversation and work needs to be done, and in our lesson, you may get 300-ish swings. And for a girl under 14, 300 once a week is pretty good. As you get older, uh, as a college head coach, as a hitting coach at the college level, I felt that my college hitters needed to get at least 300 a day for at least five or six uh, days a week. So uh, 1,500-ish swings a week. And really, that's a lot of swings you think you have, but it's not that hard through drills and work, and it doesn't take that long. You can get a swing. Uh, you can get, what, uh, 50 swings and, um, and an hour, no, uh, let's say almost a swing every few seconds uh, with a drill. Then you got picking them up. So you really, uh, 1,500 swings in a, in a week is not that many. Um, so... Again, the mentality, it's not practice. I've heard a lot of people talk to about practice. You do get some intelligent repetition, but it's not necessarily what a lesson is for. It's education and everything. So that's number two. Number three, how important are regular lessons? Regular lessons are, I think, really important. Now, it's a little self-serving since that's business I'm in. And uh, the thing about – I do a survey, a post-survey, and I send out surveys to my clients. And as many people can figure it out um, to, get to, uh, to get to people through email and that kind of stuff. If you want the survey, let me know. Uh, send me, you can join your um, – get give me your email address, and I'll send a survey. But um, 
<laughs> and anybody's interested in the results of the survey, I'd be happy to discuss that with you. It's really kind of interesting. And part of it is how important do you feel regular lessons are? I find it very interesting. The most important thing I find it interesting is if I did a survey of like, yes, it's they are important. No, they are not important. And the third option is I don't know. I'd say three-fourths, if not more, of them say they are not important or I don't know. It's rare for someone to say they are important. And uh, the purpose of that survey is for me to, for as a business to determine why are they not coming back regularly. And probably um, if they don't think they're important, obviously, or if they think that they are, uh, they don't know they're important, they're not going to come back. It doesn't seem like cost for a lot of the clients I've worked with has been necessarily the reason they don't come back, but regular lessons uh, is not something that they feel like that, that is important. Now, let me say there are, if you're an athlete that has a coach that is a parent, um, that person you may not need uh, lessons as much, but you hear all the time from parents that are coaches that teach. So when my daughter doesn't listen to me and things like that, that's traditionally, historically, what happens with uh, children of parents they don't listen to children of coaches, parents that are coaches. They don't listen as much. Um, a lot of times the parents are telling them exactly the right thing. They just don't want to hear it as much from the parents. But that's a possibility if your parents and that relationship works well and you can get out and work with your, um, with your daughter regularly, um, then that will work out pretty good. Uh, that's uh, one option. The other option, if, if your team is does a whole lot of work in that area if let's say if hitting is something you need work on your team does a lot of work on hitting then you're probably going to get a lot of benefits and if you're getting that 500 to 1500 to you know depends on your age uh swings a week and you're getting intelligent repetition and you're getting instruction then probably lessons are not necessarily that uh critical for you to uh, to have regular lessons. However, not a lot of programs do that. Not a lot of teams do that. And so then uh, you require an instructor. And the regular lessons, what I have noticed, and this is almost across the board, I don't, I would say 98%, uh, especially like, for example, in um, November, December area, when uh, girls would take off because of Thanksgiving or family things and stuff, and I won't see them for a month, they come back, and I, we refer, I refer to it a lot of times as rust. They got a lot of rust in their swing, and it takes a long time to fix that. And it's not – hitting is not something, okay, I'm there, and it's going to happen. It's going to get there. Slumps sneak in and become part of your swing. You get in bad habits, and then you can start over. And sometimes getting rid of bad habits take a long time, and starting over is uh, – uh, not necessarily a good thing, again, for the serious player. If you're not very serious about it, then it doesn't matter necessarily. I think some people use lessons as like as a checkup, like as a doctor. We're going to take her back to see what uh, how Holly thinks her swing is going and see and that kind of stuff. And um, the um, pretty good, but it needs to be more uh, because hitting is, if you think about the concept of hitting, you're taking the size of a dime on the bat taking it to the size of a dime on the ball. That's what you're trying to do is hit the sweet spot of the bat to the sweet spot of the ball. 
do it on a regular basis in a span of, depending on the age, between let's say 0.20 seconds is your swing um, speed, bat speed, uh, down to 0.12 seconds, let's say. The difference with the pitch is coming in at from 70 miles an hour to down to 50 miles an hour, let's say 45 miles an hour. The time that you have to make a decision is half a second to uh, uh, less. The the margin of error is is just extremely small, and you have to be fine tuned on a lot of uh, bases and stuff. Kind of like a, I guess a car. You can take a general car that doesn't drive a lot. Uh, you can take it in to get serviced once in a while, but a car that is highly tuned, very like I guess a race car probably needs to be, excuse me, probably needs to be um, fine tuned much more frequently. So that's that kind of thing. If you're not that serious, then you don't have to go. But if you're serious, you probably need to go uh, quite often. I think at least once um, a week, if possible. And I will tell you that most instructors, they try to get you in a regular schedule because uh, it works better uh, across the board, especially if they are leasing facilities, uh, using facilities that other instructors are using. But our, uh, if especially those of us like myself that are doing this full time, uh, we can reschedule fairly easy. If you can't get in, you got a game, you got something going on, then you can reschedule. Uh, get in the half hour. If you normally go an hour, get in the half hour. It'd be better to do a half hour ever so often than to uh, miss two or three weeks to a month. What I see if when they miss a lot, they're rusty. It doesn't matter what time, two, three, four weeks in a row, then they then they come back uh, with some rust. So uh, regular lessons are important. That's number three on the top nine things you should know about lessons. Now, I don't know... Um, it's, I've been noticing more lately, which is a good thing. Parents, number four, parents should attend and pay attention and be part of the lesson. And um, I think there, I'm not saying that necessarily for emotional encouragement, although I think that's, uh, that's important. I think uh, just to drop her off and to say good luck and everything like that is, is one thing. But I think it's more just you need to know what she's being taught for a bunch of reasons. Uh, if it doesn't make a lot of sense, then uh, that's one reason. If you um, uh, you can talk about it, you can be there She when she goes home, especially if she's 13, 12, 13, 14 and under where she needs to get some practice. You're hearing things, what she needs to do. You can um, work on things uh, later. Uh, there's information, injury, health, um, uh, uh, that type of thing that sometimes the instructor needs to have uh, available from the parents. It just seems like um, it, it disappointing to me, honestly, when a parent just drops off the girl or uh, doesn't pay much attention or something like that. So I think uh, during that time, pay attention. I think she would appreciate it. I think a little bit, it is an emotional thing, but I think that you need to, to be there for all those reasons. I do find it interesting, though, if you notice, and, and I'm, I'm kind of a, a novice psychologist, so to speak, sports psychologist, I do notice a lot of stuff like that, is when the dad brings her, sometimes she behaves differently than when the mom brings her, or if nobody is there, or um, I, there's a lot of, or if like little brother is running around, uh, there is a, a disconnect sometimes because she's 
used to, especially if she's much older, like 13, 14, got a little three or four year old brother running around. She's probably used to kind of watching him and uh, uh, just way society is, I guess. And uh, sometimes that will take attention away. But all that is positive stuff. I think uh, be part of that lesson. Be there to help her. So I think parents should be there. Uh, Number five on the top nine things is uh, take notes and ask questions. So if you are a parent, uh, bring a notepad uh, or iPad or uh, your phone or something like that. Uh, Take some notes. I think uh, that would be helpful for you because there's a a lot of information that you, you give to the athlete at that time. I've always believed as a, as a college coach, even with higher level athletes, is that, for example, when I first started coaching in the falls, we do a whole lot of instruction. instruction. And when I first started coaching when I was really young, I would run a program in the fall. And we would work on a whole lot of stuff. I love fall practices because you can work on a whole lot of stuff. And then we would go into winter. We'd be off time and stuff like that. And they come back into our spring practices, and I noticed they would either forget or I had to reteach and stuff. I, I, it was almost impossible to predict what it would be. It seemed that, that I, I always had like a 70% rule. No matter what I did in the fall, they would, re, they would lose 30%. They would gain, they retain 70% of that when we go into January. And so instead of me thinking, we can just start where we ended up in the fall. I would start over. And the great thing is, since they knew 70%, we could go through things. If I got, felt like they had it, then we can go past it pretty good. Uh, so it wouldn't take as long. But it's the same kind of thing with uh, with the hitters and everything is that the, the information I'm giving her during that one-hour lesson, there's a lot of information. She's not going to retain everything. Just no way. Over a course of 20 lessons, it's going to start sinking in. I start noticing now girls I've had for 10, 15, 20 lessons, uh, I'll, they'll do something, especially like I'm a big, um, uh, I think the rolling over is a big enemy of hitters. And I can see very quickly that they get that after I, they, the first lesson, they don't even know what it is. And after the third or fourth, fifth lesson, they're starting to get it. And they not only are they getting that that's bad. <laughs> you can see expressions. You can hear them say things. And you can see them, then we try to work on where they can make that adjustment themselves. And it's really good. So taking notes will help them with some of that stuff. Ask questions. I, I think it's important for parents to ask questions. And I tell my athletes and the parents all the time, if you don't understand something, ask. Now, sometimes it may take an hour to explain, but um, it is um, uh, better to ask questions. Sometimes I'll even say, you're going to have to trust me on this. I'll explain a little bit, but you're going to have to trust me mostly. And we'll work on this in the next couple of lessons. But uh, but definitely ask questions. And it's unusual to be in a situation where an athlete can ask an instructor or a coach or a parent, why do I do this? But the why is probably, uh, is definitely okay for me most of the time because I want them to understand what's going on. So as I say all the time, when you walk out of the door and you leave a lesson, I want you to be very clear on what you need to work on and be on board. You can't be in disagreement with what you need to do. Uh, So the questions will be uh, helpful with that. All right. That was number five. That was the taking notes and asking questions. Number five. Number six, you hear all the time from uh, instructors uh, every 
uh, every instructor has complained about at least once, you hear about a lot, is they don't seem to work on things between lessons. And of these nine things, this is one of the top two or three things. Uh, goodness, 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 you are spending a lot of money. You're putting a lot of effort and everything. You want to be good. Uh, you get a drill. You get some instruction. This is what you need to fix. This is what you need to work on. You've gone there. You've done that. Now work on it. And you have to find a way to work on it. I'm going to say that I bet you could work on I'm not even saying that it could. it's even as low as 90%. I think it could be 100% of the time. You can get these sock nets, what I call sock net. They're big, brand new type of netting that has the flexible poles on the side that you can put up. You can fold them up and put in a bag. I've got one. I take it with me. Uh, you can get a T. Uh, those sock nets, they, they can be expensive, but I see, I see them on Groupon all the time for like $50, $60. And you can get a batting T for $25 to $30, the old rubber tees, which are perfectly fine. If you want to go a little bit higher, you go a little bit more, you can get the uh, Tanner tee for $80 and get a, a bucket of balls um, for what, uh, say, cheaper balls. You can get wiffle balls, but the, if you get real balls, um, whatever size you use, 11 or 12-inch ball and stuff, is uh, get a, a bucket of 12, get a, a box of 12, a dozen, or get a bucket of two dozen. Sometimes they come, I think, what, two dozen in a bucket, maybe three. And you can get all your work done if you know how to use a batting tee into that net. If not all of it, at least a lot of it. And you're talking about an investment. The tee, the netting, and the balls are going to last you a long time and uh, years, a couple of years at least. The balls start getting tore up a little bit, especially if you use them for other things. But um, get some wiffle balls. There's a lot of drills out there and um, uh, available. And, and that's and I give a lot of drills. A lot of instructors say, here's your homework. Here's what you need to do. Uh, you can set those things up pretty much anywhere and uh, very, very safe, um, mostly to, um, uh, to use pretty much anywhere. So uh, work on the things. Go to a batting cage, uh, indoor batting cage in the winter. I mean, they don't cost a lot. You can work on things there. I'm not a big fan of machines, but in the off season, they they they're pretty good. There's a, I know a couple places around town that's out there. Get out there and work on some uh, things that you've been working on uh, with your lesson. Um, go to your youth local youth field. They almost always have batting tunnels around. You can uh, get out there and get your tea out there then you can take a dozen of balls and a $25 tee and just hit in it to a net would get a lot of work. That would, in fact, is, is probably better than the sock net because you can work inside, outside. You can work on a lot of things, but that would work. Get a, a, a parent to go with you to throw you batting practice. Um, it would be You can get a lot of hitting done in no time at all. You can get a lot of work done if all you do is go hit and work on the things you're working on for a half hour, you can get a couple hundred uh, swings in very, very easy. Do that a couple days a week. You get better and better at it. Do it, uh, um, you know, 1,500 times. 1,500 swings a week would be a good goal. Work on your things, your pitching, your hitting, your fielding between lessons. That's number six, I'd say, is one of the top two or three things on my list. Okay, again, if you are listening live, Six four six five six four nine five three six, or you can go down and click on the chat, and I am watching the chat room here. 
Um, if uh, you are not listening live, if you're listening archive, uh, recorded version, of course, you can't call in or uh, live or the chat room, but you can send me an email. If you've got any comments or questions, holly at nationaldiamondacademy.com. And there's a lot of links in the in the page here. Soon I'm going to have a couple of other places like iTunes where you can listen to the show um, uh, in your car, while you're hiking, while you're walking, exercising, that type of thing. So uh, contact me if you've got any questions. We're number six. We got a couple more. Um, number seven, some things you need to know about lessons. And this is a hard thing to say, but uh, I believe it to be true. Uh, there's an old old phrase, hitters are born, not made. And I say this all the time. I, I don't know if you can teach someone that does not have some basic skills how to be a good hitter. Now, if she is super fast, you can probably teach her to be a slap hitter a little bit cause, uh, or just a ground ball, get on base, uh, hit her, that type of thing. Uh, that might be a little bit easier if she just learns how to use her speed and never hit fly balls, just hit a lot of ground balls. Uh, but 300 plus hitter with some ever so often some power, especially power hitters, the the uh, the elite hitters, uh, those it's very very difficult to uh, make someone be a great hitter. It's and it's very difficult to teach a, a line drive hitter how to be a home run hitter. Uh, I was I felt a line drive hitter that hit home runs, uh, but um, I didn't feel like I was a home run hitter. When I tried to be a home run hitter, that's when I got in trouble. Now, I did hit my share of home runs, but um, I, I felt like I was better suited trying to go for a higher batting average, uh, getting on base, line drives type of thing, than I was trying to get the ball uh, lofted in the air a lot of times. I want to get line drives, which are in the air. But, um, uh, but you know, vision, timing, there's just some things that we're just born with, our ability to time the bat to the ball despite some hitting flaws or whatever. A lot of hitters are really good at 10, and um, all you do when you bring them to me is to make them a little bit better, uh, 5% better, 10% better, just a little bit for to handle maybe the really good pitching or the the difference of the of the the mental part of the game, which is a lot of fun things. I love it when I get a client I've been working with for a few years and we can start working on the, the mental part of the game, the, the strategy. There are strategic things that hitters can take, uh, have some empowerments. I think sometimes people think, oh, you just kind of hit and you don't have any strategy. The pitcher has all the strategy and you can actually set up hitter or set up pitchers. I've seen that done before. You can actually go up with a, a plan in mind uh, with that type of thing, with what the situation is. And that type of thing is, is really, really fun. But if, uh, if you don't have some skills, it is just difficult to uh, become a good hitter. Uh, do we know that the first day? Sometimes uh, you're going to say, whoa, this, this girl may not be a very good hitter. I had a girl uh, about two or three months ago came in. And I would say after the first couple of lessons, going, I don't think she can hit. She didn't have any bat speed, and we did some things, work on things. And all of a sudden, all I did was say, let's kind of gear it up. I want you to get a little bit more bat speed. Let's swing a little bit harder, not as hard as you can, but a little bit harder. And all it was was she just was not giving it her best effort. It wasn't her inability. It was just her uh, focus. She was just more contact-oriented 
and she uh, started driving the ball a little bit better. I think she improved quite a bit. So sometimes you don't know. Uh, so you, it's not something I would ever make that decision in lessons, the first three or four lessons. You want to give the person some time. But ultimately, and I've done this with a couple of hitters and a couple of uh, parents have made that decision, I, she just doesn't get any better. And she's already, if she's 14 and she's not doing too good, it's going to be very, very difficult to make her, uh, once you get a certain age, you get older and older uh, to get better. So <clears throat> do you know if if she's born or made? You don't know that until you go at it. Uh, but uh, to have expectations to make a someone that is not gifted with certain things to be a good hitter, to become a really good hitter is maybe uh, asking too much. It's impossible to predict at first, but eventually you're going to kind of say, well, she just doesn't have that, whatever it is. And uh, it's a lot of times isn't to do, hasn't do anything with the knuckles or anything else. It's just her ability to time the ball. And that is uh, sometimes just some, a lot of times we're just born with or not. Okay. Got two more. We're going to talk about number eight. Um, and this is a real quick thing. It's been a pet peeve of mine lately. So she walks in, and uh, we're getting ready to start the lessons. So it is really important for me, and I think most instructors are this way. They may not say it this way. But as a college instructor, as a, a hitting coach at the college level, and I've, as a coach, I've been at all different kinds of levels. The great thing about being a, a coach, a hitting coach and with the hitters, is that I see her perform every day at practice, every day at the game, I can see what's going on. Ultimately, the thing is that when we get to a game, that's what we want to know. How well are you doing in games? And um, uh, we, as instructors, we don't know that. All we can see is what's going on in lessons, and we can maybe get some videos, some commentary, or some thoughts, or whatever, but we don't know. And so it makes it, it puts a little bit of a difficult uh, uh situation for us because we don't know what's going on in the game. So we'll say, especially during the season, how's it going? And she'll say it's going okay or good. And my pet peeve is I need a sentence. I need a description. And most of the time they respond really, really well. Things like I had a really good week. We had three games this week. I went and each game I got, um, let's say, two or three at bats. So let's say I got eight at bats and I got three hits that I hit really well. Uh, two of them were to right center field. The pitcher was really good. She had a really good rise ball. Uh, I laid off that high pitch. I did, you know, something in that area that for uh, multiple reasons. One is that gives me really good feedback uh, in that I could now know where we're going. Oh, uh, well, one game though, I struck out on, uh, I'm struggling with that low pitch. It seems like I don't hit the low pitch very well in that game. And so we can work on things like that. It gives me, help on what's going on in games. Number two is if you have a hard time, in my opinion, you have a hard time telling me what went on for the week. You're not thinking about it too much. A game, you want to break down your swings. You want to break down your at-bats. Some people, and I'm sorry, I was a little crazy in this way, is I would actually make some notes on occasion after games of some things that would help me remember. Writing them down, I may not look at them again, but writing them down helped me remember them. Uh, talk about it with your parents. What What do you think? Uh, don't be overly hard on yourself, but, you know, break down your bats. Well, this pitch, I uh, got behind the count too early. I took a pitch that I should have swung at. 
uh, she was really good and, um, you know, it would be hard to hit her. And I felt really good. I made contact, all that kind of stuff. So when an instructor says, how was your week? Try to be prepared a little bit more than just, oh, it was good. So that's number eight. Number nine and the final thing, again, uh, feel free to send me comments or questions, Holly at National Diamond Academy, at, uh, if you have any comments or questions about the show, about this show, about the topics, or any future topics you'd like to, to hear. <clears throat> Excuse me. Number nine, the serious softball player needs to take lessons. And I'm saying serious, you know, um, sadly to say today, we got to start being somewhat serious by the time we're at least 12, 11 or 12. If you feel like that she's pretty good compared to the rest of them, you start, she really, really enjoys it. She really likes it. She's got some promise. It looks like then maybe stepping that up and taking lessons. Um, I'd say even then, and quite honestly, I think most instructors don't want to lose business, but it doesn't do us much good if you're not serious anyway. So I guess I shouldn't even say the serious softball player, but uh, you need to be serious. If you're taking lessons, you need to be serious. If you're serious, you need to be taking lessons. But, um, but if you are, and now again, I, I've had some that says, you know, I know she's probably never going to be very good. I just want her to get just good enough to make contact. I'm fine with that. And that's, that's good. As long as we have a good understanding uh, with where, we're going with that then um, but lessons are really important and here's the thing to to look at if you are uh, 14 years old and you're in the city of Louisville and it is November 3rd and you're not taking lessons you haven't taken one since August I'm going to tell you there is a lot of 14 year olds in the region that are taking lessons and every time that they are taking lessons and you're not they're taking a little bit step ahead of you. And what's going to happen eventually, if not haven't, hasn't happened already, is when that situation comes up where you are trying to make a team, you're trying to get recruited to college or whatever it becomes, you're not – so when you're 10, 11, you're competing with the girls in your league, on your team, uh, it's a small group. <clears throat> Those slowly girls start – giving up the sport and your region starts getting bigger. Now you start competing with girls. that has been more serious girls that are less serious drop down and it just uh, supply demand, I guess, is that uh, just uh, by attrition or whatever, but more and more of the girls, when you get to be in high school, these girls are spending more and more time doing it. If you don't, you're going to fall behind. And at some point when the, when college coaches come looking, it's going to be because probably you weren't taking and working hard in between lessons. You weren't taking your lessons. You weren't spending the time doing the things you need to do. Uh, the serious softball players are taking regular lessons. They are coming uh, to to them regularly. They are taking the notes. They are working on them between lessons. They're practicing. Um, they're asking questions. Um, and while the serious ones are improving, and you're not, that's the reason you need to take them. Uh, if nobody took lessons uh, at one time, lessons didn't exist, then that was one thing. But now there are instructors everywhere that are really amazing instructors. I work around some really good, really good instructors, and they're all teaching great things, and they're, all their players are getting better and because they're taking lessons. So uh, is it 
fair? Is it right? You know, it, it, the, uh, a lot of this stuff you just don't wake up and you know how to do. You've got athletic ability that you woke up with, but the game gets to be more technical each step along the way, and lessons are going to help you do that. So that's number nine. That is that uh, completes the the nine things, the top nine things you should know about uh, lessons. Lessons are not cheap. Lessons are not practice. Regular lessons are important. Parents should attend. You should take notes and ask questions. Number six, work on the things you learn between lessons. Number seven, hitters can't be made. Hitters are born, not made. Uh, and that's a matter of an expectation thing at lessons. Number eight, answering questions from instructors. And number nine, the serious softball player needs to take them. Now, so i uh, got a few more minutes. I want to tell you about something. I've, I've got a brand new program. If you're listening in your area, um, would love to get some people interested and in, in give me their feedback on this, um, calling it the Peak Performance Program. So I'm going to explain this on here at this point, and uh, it will be available uh, pretty soon. So the Peak Performance Program. So one of the things is, I charge, I think, about $5 less than most instructors. And it's not because I don't feel like I deserve it, because I do believe I've paid my dues and I've got credentials that can enable me to get paid what uh, as high as other instructors. But it's partly because um, I don't like the idea of people not being able to afford lessons. So uh, some, some clients I try to give a break to if they just can't afford. So I'm going to say say that if you want to take lessons or you believe taking lessons is really, really important, you really honestly cannot afford taking regular lessons. Let me know. We'll work something out. Uh, we can, you know, get you involved in helping promote lessons with for me, with your teams, things like that, and give you discounts. That's number one. Don't want anybody not to take lessons because they can't afford it. That's really sad. But the peak performance thing is I offer four different services that I continue to offer. I've been giving them free and uh, they're too costly, too important, too valuable for me to continue to do that. Uh, so the first one is notes. Uh, I have a system where at the end of a lesson, I give out uh, individual notes like, because uh, I'll keep notes when I'm at least in my head or I write them down or type them out on my iPad. And then at the end of the lesson, I complete it. I put the notes into a database, and then that database sends out uh, the email with a conclusion. Okay, you thank you for your lesson. Here is uh, what you paid. Here's uh, if there's anything owed, which uh, nobody ever usually has what they owe. Uh, and then it includes notes. Uh, what we did today, we worked on trying to stay inside the ball, getting some more backspin to right center field, uh, trying to drive it that way, location of the pitch. And here's a, a, a drill or two that we worked on, and here's some things she can do between now and the next lesson. And so uh, we, I would put that in notes. So um, I've been doing that. I don't think other instructors do that. And so honestly, it's a competitive situation in that as well, is it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to charge less and to give more uh, a lot. Now, I will do notes on occasion. I still do them, and uh, nobody's paying for them. But, um, um, but again, uh, uh, that's just on my option if I feel like that's really needed, but regular notes. So that's number one. The second uh, 
feature that I'm getting ready to offer in this peak performance program <coughs> is metrics. Now, I've been doing this with some people, but I, do, I have uh, bat speed, blast technology, working to test bat speed, bat velocity, a power rating, um, the uh, a lot of different factors, and, and the swing. It's all objective. It's done with technology in my phone. And, it, and it's, there's a lot of positive things on that. The metrics, if you've been taking any lessons from me, you know what those are. And if you don't, you can go to the National Diamond Academy website, and it's got some more information on there. The metrics, because the technology is somewhat expensive, the amount of time it takes for me to do all that, like with the notes, is a little bit more time-consuming. And, of course, time is money, as they say. And uh, so uh, that's another pro part of this peak performance that would be uh, that I would be offering the third is um, video lesson what I call video lesson so I filmed the video and it's really super cool uh, where I break down the swing in slow motion I annotate it you know where I'm commenting on the video uh, I show um, uh, like um, uh, graphics on the on the video I record it I put it on YouTube and I send it out to you uh, at that point where it really breaks down the swing and slow motion and stop action and, and more detailed. It's amazing, powerful, uh, professional hitters, uh, professional athlete video, been using it for many, many years. And uh, this is a part of it. It's a, it's uh, all, this is all a card. I still I offer all this now, uh, but uh, I think I, uh, that's charged uh, 15 or $20. Honestly, I can't remember. I think uh, I'm getting ready to add it as a $20 thing for a lesson. So you can take it any time because that is a very time-consuming thing. And there is uh, some software that I've had to purchase to be able to do that uh, that well. So it's a video lesson. So you have the notes, you have the uh, metrics, and you have the video lesson, all time-consuming, uh, technology-driven, um, um, cost driven uh, features. The fourth thing is I'm developing right now. So when you finish a lesson and I say, these are the drills that we worked on, but here is one drill that I need you to work on. And here's a link to that drill. So I'm developing uh, video instructions on how to do a drill. A lot of times you do a drill improperly. It's going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. Uh, so um, I want to, I'm developing drill videos so I can send those to you after a lesson that here's what I want you to work on. Here's the drill or two. Or, uh, I don't know if I'll go up to three, but uh, possibly uh, because a regular lesson is just going to be a week. So at least one or two drills. Do these drills this week. Um, and here's exactly how do you do it. And it would be a link in the notes. So you can just click on it and there is the, there's the drill. Uh, so that would be part of it. So it's a four thing. It's going to be um, peak performance programs going to have four options. The notes um, would be the single program. The notes and metrics would be the double program. The triple program would be the three, the single, uh, excuse me, the notes, the metrics, and the video lesson. And then the home run package would be all four of them, the notes, the metrics, the video lesson, and the drill lesson, uh, the drills um, video. So uh, that's going to be a, a series where you would pay a membership thing for every three months. You would get notes after every lesson. You would get uh, two metrics through those three months, two video lessons, and then the drill um, would be um, 
uh, you would get a, a video drill. I've, I haven't decided, I think, a couple times, um, uh, if not every lesson uh, for that. So it may not be the, a different drill, but at least you would get the link for that. So let me know. That's, I'm going to hopefully come up with that fairly soon. And that would be what I call peak performance programs. Uh, that would be on my website as well. And it would be a membership. So um, website is National Diamond Academy. That link should be on the Blog Talk radio page. If you listen to this uh, on your phone, listen to in your headset or whatever, that's nationaldiamondacademy.com. Um, more information is on the nationaldiamondacademy.com and or the Blog Talk radio page. That is it. Uh, my next guest, I'm working on trying to get a date for sure, but I think uh, we're going to have her. Um, her name is Katie Miller. She is the head softball coach at No Middle School. And I think we're going to have to uh, get her at a different time other than Mondays. So we'll uh, let um, we'll know more. Check back on the site. Don't forget you can um, subscribe to, or I think it's called a follow on Blog Talk Radio so you can get uh, uh, emails immediately upon programming updates or you can uh, join our mailing list. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, let me know what you think. Uh, send me an email and we will talk to you soon. Um, thank you and have a good day. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.